Welcome to Marvel's Voices. I am Angelique Roche, and I'm so excited because this week, we are not only going to have Aubrey Joseph and Olivia Holt from Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, but you're going to be hearing from a new guest voice as an interviewer, lead producer, Harry Go. Hey, Harry. Hello. So you did this amazing interview with Aubrey and Olivia, who are the stars of Cloak and Dagger, but... Tell me a little bit more about how you got here and your connection to Marvel. You know, I, w- I was growing up in the Philippines, and uh, we would only get one cartoon, essentially, a week to watch. And it was on Fridays, and it was the X-Men 90s cartoon. So it was that, and then right after it would be, you know, like a, a WWE match or something like that. <laughs> but uh, essentially, the only cartoon I could watch until I was eight years old was the X-Men 90s cartoon. I mean, if you were going to pick a cartoon. Yeah, that, that, that would be it. <laughs> but that wasn't a unique experience for me growing up in the Philippines. That was what a lot of the kids that I was playing with in the courtyard, that was their experience as well. That was the only cartoon that they could watch. And so we would play fight as Wolverine or Gambit you know, <laughs> in, during recess because those were the, the only things that we, could, we had access to. And, you know, it became a thing that I was attached to. And when I moved over here, it, it also became a way for me to bridge my not Americanness with other kids. You know, I think, I think it helped a lot with me assimilating into American culture and society. So the really cool thing is from that, you grew up to be someone who tells the stories behind the storytellers. Yeah, I think it's it's important to know these people that create the things that become so important to us as a society. If you think about what really superhero stories are now, they're modern myths. There there are contemporary mythologies. And it's important to know where those stories came from. I think that will give us the context in which to judge who we are as a people. Why are we resonating with these characters and these stories? That comes from knowing who the people are who made these stories. So tell us a little bit about this interview. I mean, they're pretty much this incredible duo that's coming in and doing some really cool stuff at a really young age. Yeah, and, uh, you know, so I had a chance to sit down with Aubrey and Olivia before their show premiered to really see where they were coming from. And um, what I found out was that these two people are really a great representation of our youth today. That's essentially what these characters are. Uh, Tyrone and Tandy, Cloak and Dagger, were created as representations of a struggle that teenagers were having in the 1980s in New York. But what they did with the show was they took these two actors from very different backgrounds, they put them together to create a new twist on these characters to make it more relevant in today's society. And what we talked about was how this generation is really profound in that they care so much about where things are going, you know. Um, That's pretty powerful. And I think Cloak and Dagger, the way they did the show, is a real fantastic representation of that spirit. These characters really embody that kind of spirit of, having this conflict, but not caring about what it does to them. What they care about is what it does to other people. They care about is, you know, how it affects the people around them. 
And um, that really is a representation of what kids today are, are like. Well, I'm really excited about watching Cloak and Dagger, and I'm also really excited about hearing this interview. So let's take a listen. Um, but no, I'm from Jersey City. Okay, right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. You're from Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Yeah. You're from Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you're, you're basically home, right? This is basically. Like you're coming back home. Basically. How does yeah. it feel? Has it been a while since you've been back? It feels so weird, man. Like, yeah. like just we we saw our billboards and stuff today, um, and it's literally just right by where I used to go to high school and, and stuff. So it's, it's it's just been it's been it's just been crazy just just to see everything play out, and it's mm. it's it's a blessing. All right, so let's let's start with like um, your origin stories, right? You guys are superheroes now. Um, what was five year old Aubrey and five year old Olivia like? Like, what were the things <laughs> you were seeing? Kieran, uh, what did you do for fun? I was just obsessed with The Lion King, <laughs> basically. <laughs> just yeah. watching that movie every single day. Just just a young, outgoing kid, like, doing too much, way too much. Like, I was in karate and all of this at just an early age. So definitely a vibrant kid. A lot of people who knew me when I was young say, you really chilled out. But um, <laughs> you do seem You're, pretty chill. Yeah, I was, I was like the most I, humble person ever. By the way, you know he was he was in like The Lion King on Broadway. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely. played young Simba. Playing Simba, I was obsessed character. with The Lion King. I was though. You, like, yeah, <laughs> but you were like, that's so cool. You were yeah. on Broadway for The Lion was, King, the yeah, one thing you were obsessed with. Something I'd, I'd never, never expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, same as this. So yeah, yeah, you know. What about you, Olivia? Listen, I was all over the place. I had a <laughs> lot going on. I was also a mega overachiever. Mm. I did a lot. I mean, I was, I was, a, I was a competitive gymnast for almost seven years. I, um, I was when I hit middle school. I was like obsessed with not just acting, but um, I was a cheerleader. I was on the chess team. I was vice president of my student body. I was wow. also in choir. That's I had a lot, lot going a on. Lot, I needed to chill out. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I saw a video of you singing at the Dream Believers recital. Oh my God! <laughs> what? Voice. Thirteen year old? Yes. Not even thirteen. I think I was like eleven or something. Yeah, and, and music is a big part of the show, Cloak and right. Dagger. Yeah. I distinctly remember watching. I think it was the first episode where you guys like put headphones on at the same time. So it's a big part of the character's life, but also your guys' personal lives. Mm-hmm. Can you guys remember the first? impactful experience you had with music hmm. i literally remember this like it was yesterday the the day that graduation by kanye came out uh-huh. my older brother uh he like gathered me and my younger brother uh on this like bunk bed we had this bunk bed and we went on the top bunk and we all sat around and just listened to to the album with like the lights off and just a flashlight nice. and i just i still remember that night to this day i don't know if they remember but i will never forget that that was like i was like like I'm so obsessed with rap now. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it was the first thing I heard where I was like, "That's such a cool memory." Yeah, it's just it like is, now I like I'm visualize that too. That was yeah, cool. like yeah. My um, my dad was a musician um back in like the '80s. <laughs> he was in a hair band though, so lots of nice. Do you have, pictures? Do you have pictures? Oh, I have yeah, yeah. pictures. Nice. I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you later. <laughs> um, he he won't like that. Actually, he might. He he loves that. He loves those days. But um, I, so I was introduced to music at such an early age and all sorts of different types of genres of music so i think it was just in my bones i knew it was something that i wanted to do to pursue not not maybe as a career but just to Mm -hmm. pursue because i just loved it and 
um, music just moves you in so many different ways. You know, I think that's the reason we all listen to music, whether we know that intentionally or not. So I'm grateful that we're a part of a show that is so musically driven. A lot of our scenes are, are basically like they have to have the right song in order for the scene to make, make a scene, which I think is like so cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And as well, just just in life, music is kind of like an escape, you yeah. know. So, especially for these two teens that go through so much, when when you get that that time to yourself, yeah, just put on the headphones and it takes you to another place. Yeah. I also grew up. I played the violin. Being trained uh, with music growing up, it kind of like remaps your brain a little bit, and I start thinking about music for inspiration for other projects like when i do when i produce a documentary a lot of times i'll think about music music dynamics and things like that um do you guys find that that to be the case for you as well like when you're acting does music play a big role in in that kind Mm. of thinking i think so yeah i think a lot of the i actually aubrey and i were talking about this earlier how there are specific songs that hit us like hit home for us Mm. and they hit us a little harder than other songs might and I know sometimes before scenes, especially if they're emotional, there's specific songs that we'll listen to just to sort of get in the right headspace and to, you know, be on that same level. Um, and I think that even for like a scene with a lot of energy, it's sometimes nice to listen to a song that has that sort of same energy to right. sort of put you in that in that zone and in that headspace. Yeah, definitely. We, we had this one scene where uh i had to like break down crying yeah and before uh before we shot that i was listening to uh say something i'm giving up on you that one yeah uh just just with a crazy thought process right and and it just it took me there mm-hmm. it took me there. i just literally thought of a you know a time me in the hospital like one of my family members like my brother or my mother you know mm-hmm. just just imagining the feeling that you would be there but there's no way that you can help them like i like yeah, that, you feel me like that no, it's, it's that hit me you know so yeah. so uh yeah definitely it, it helps a lot yeah definitely yeah that's i was actually wondering when i was watching it like what was there music playing in those headphones when you guys were filming or uh our and in, in the in our first episode uh the director gina prince bikewood mm-hmm. she actually during our rehearsals well some of most of mine mm-hmm. she had picked out sort of a playlist for Tandy and Tyrone and their journey, right. which I thought was really rad. I'd never worked with a director before that had done that. And during our rehearsals, she would have music playing to just sort of like be in in that world and yeah, in that realm tone. and yeah. sort of set the tone. And it helped tremendously because as we're doing the scene, I I remember just like feeling, even with no music playing, I just remember like feeling that feeling that I felt when the music was there. Mm-hmm. And do you guys remember like what what the playlists were that they put together for you guys? It was it was Not a exactly, lot. I mean, yeah. there was um there was a really beautiful ba- Ellie Golding ballad, um, which actually ended up making our first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it's beautiful. It's har- I mean, it's heartbreakingly beautiful, and Such it's just raw and it's honest. Yeah. And a lot of the songs from that playlist um were raw and honest and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. All right, so you guys did a lot of music growing up. Can you tell me like how you guys got into acting for music? Yeah, I mean, music was originally what I wanted to do. I did theater and I loved it, but music was music was my first love. And I I remember after booking um, the Disney show, I 
I sort of was focusing on that because when we filmed like 10 months out of the year, so it sort of alienated music for a little bit. And then I ended up doing a, um, a decom with Disney, Disney Channel original movie and my character sang. And one of the songs from the movie actually ended up going number one on Radio Disney. And so I sort of took advantage of that opportunity and got back into music again. Mm-hmm. And um, and it's been a journey, you know, it's been fun to just sort of find and explore and create a sound that's unique to me. And I'm excited about this year because this is, I feel like the first year I've actually been able to prioritize it because I've been balancing both music and acting for years and years and years now. And now I'm actually getting the opportunity to really hone in on it and make it mine and to be able to tell stories that I felt like I've never had the opportunity to do because I've been so busy and now I'm like fully involved. And, um, you know, that makes that, that is what music is for me. Hmm. And now that I'm, you know, having the opportunity to do that and getting to share it with the world is pretty cool and special. So, yeah. Don't you keep a, a journal that you draw inspiration from? Yeah. So this is all like stuff that you're experiencing that you're putting through music. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Every every bit of it. I feel like the the only way I can sing a song now. I mean, when I was younger, it was a little different, but now that I'm older, the only way I feel like I can even release something is if I resonate with it in some way. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm still not going through it now, like it was a feeling that I felt in the past, or maybe it's a feeling that I want to feel in the future. And I get inspired a lot by traveling, and luckily my job takes me everywhere so i um i'm inspired 99.9 percent of the time <laughs> right. um, which is good. great it gives yeah, me a lot to talk about yeah and yeah. pull from uh, i always say for me I, I started uh dancing first so i thought i was going to be a dancer like i i just saw my kindergarten yearbook uh <laughs> and it said uh someday i want to be a professional dancer oh, wow. i had no idea that that was like the, the main thing on my mind at first but I just remember my first ever performance ever, like, and it was a, it was a dance in church, and just from then it, it was really because like, my mom was in everything at the church. She was in the choir. She was in all the shows. She was dancing. So, I, I came up with that. So I was just like, that looks so much fun. I want to do that. And you know, I was at the point where it was kind of choosing between football and sports and acting and performing and. What I felt from from a standing ovation was way better than what I felt when I scored a touchdown. Oh, interesting. You know? Yeah. So, but what do you think that was? Like, what what was it about? I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 just it's all about that gut feeling and and what makes you happy. And this, I I would not be living my life the way I should live it if I was not doing this. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was just it was basically just just realizing that it was my passion and and that it wasn't weird or sus, you know what I mean? Yeah, like sure, sure. people in in where I was from was saying, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just great that it all comes together now, and and I'm sitting here with you guys, and it's it's just really amazing. Like I'm humbled by all of this. So, so like, what kind of dancing were you doing? <laughs> Please don't make me shit. I'll oh say it God. for you. What was it? ballet oh well like that's not a bad thing you know well see my my godfather is obadiah wright and uh-huh. he uh he works a lot with alvin Ailey and oh yeah that's that's so crazy. yeah so he uh, he's a great african dancer but kind of tricked me and my brothers into taking ballet because he was saying it was going to help with sports and you know be agile and stuff like that yeah. so I, I did it and ended up kind of liking it and there was pretty girls so Right. <laughs> that always helps. So you got a plus. <laughs> right. right. So yeah, so you guys are actors. 
at a very, very young age, right? And both of you guys started probably before you guys were even teenagers, right? Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the themes in Cloak and Dagger are about these two teenagers that are trying to figure out who they are, trying to find their identities, and then they get these superpowers, and they're thrown into these crazy situations, right? And I kind of feel like you guys lived that almost in your real lives, hmm. being young people who are also actors, trying to do a good job, trying to do your work, but also dealing with the same things that everybody deals with when they grow up, right? right. Yeah. So like, was that something that you guys really gravitated to with the characters? Yeah, I, I definitely resonated with it just because there are so many kids out there who are forced to mature so early in their life and it's not their fault. It's literally just because of the circumstance that they're brought up in. And, you know, just, just being able to tell that story and then it kind of just opened my life my eyes on onto things that go on in my life and just saying like, you know, in in my community, uh, depression and anxiety is definitely shunned upon and, and kind of acted like it's it's nothing, man up, you know what I mean? Mm. And so just, just being able to play a character that, that really goes through a lot and, and you know, it was, it was kind of opening my eyes to, yeah, we all go through this type of stuff and I have gone through it before, you know, and it opened my eyes to see that yeah, this is what it is, and and there's nothing wrong about it. It's 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 just about how we overcome it, and yeah, mm -hmm. I think the show helped me a lot in in realizing that. Gotcha. Yeah. And I think maybe the thing that saved these characters is finding each other, having a person who shares the same experience, kind right, of thing. Right. And I think that's another aspect of growing up and finding yourself that's important for development absolutely um so was this as much a personal kindred spirits coming together thing as it was on screen yeah it's I it's think so it's just <laughs> you know, I think so. of course um, Liv knows i love her and and literally we always say like the first time we did that chemistry read it was it was just undeniable chemistry and it was just a connection yeah so. it was cool i mean i know that when we both left that the chemistry read room whether we booked the parts or not, it was really cool what we did in there. And that's something to hold on to because it's very rare that you get that, that you meet somebody and you don't know them, but you guys have insane chemistry and that that's pretty incredible and unique and rare. And, um, and I think, you know, we both gained a lot of perspective shooting this show and it is a very progressive show. You know, we hit a lot of topics that are really intense to talk about, but we want to make it a conversation and, um, and I think both Aubrey and I feel very passionate about that and, and Tandy and Tyrone's story and the journey that they go on, not just as individuals and mm -hmm. as superheroes, but together. Right. Mm -hmm. What was your favorite part of these characters' iterations in the comics? I did read the first comic of Cloak and Dagger uh -huh. um, before I auditioned, just to sort of understand the tone and, and the characters. And then... Once we booked the parts, um, our hair and makeup trailer actually had Cloak and Dagger comics plastered all over the walls. So nice. while we were getting ready for the shoot day, we would have a fun little light read mm -hmm. of the comics. And it was fun. We got to really sort of understand Tandy and Tyrone and, right. and Cloak and Dagger and where they, where they came from. I mean, the origin story is a bit different from what's happening in the mm. show. But I like that they were, they were so unique. I never really, I mean, even like with the books that I've read as kids, 
I, I don't know. I never really felt like I I read a character like Tandy before. Hmm. Um, and Tyrone, for that matter. You know, I felt like they were very unique individuals. And that's something that I really enjoyed about about them in the comic. Yeah, to me, what makes it so special is, like I was saying to Liv earlier, it's, it's these two people who are, you know, two groups of people. Like, of course, black people and, and women. They are... I feel like black men, especially young black men, are, are dehumanized in society and media. When you turn on the news, what do you see? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and I feel like women are, are so minimized and, and like for so long they've had to argue to, to get the same amount of pay. You know, like it's it's just things like that um, that really kind of like, these people really have to deal with it. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just great that we finally get to give light to it and with a more modernized you know feel and, and it's just all real what makes it special as well is is just the amount of power that both tyrone and tandy have you know from these young kids that go through so much and kind of feel so little you you, you know in, in such a big world you can kind of feel so little and and weak sometimes you know when, when you don't have help but they just have so much power you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it, it was a joy definitely yeah, and I think the show is a big metaphor for the experiences of the youth in today's world. You know, balancing this newly found freedom, mm-hmm. abilities, responsibility with an uncertainty, you know, like not not really knowing your circumstances because they're changing so much. And you guys are both still very much a part of this experience in real life. Do you guys think that this mirrors that experience? I think to a certain degree, yeah. I think the things that Tyrone is going through, not just at school, but I think at home is exactly what a young kid his age could be going through. And same with Tandy, you know, I mean, they both experienced a really traumatic thing on the same night, cut to eight years later, they've been living in survival mode, trying to figure out how to cope with the lives that they're living. And it's so frustrating and it and heartbreaking that kids have to do that alone and i think when they find each other it it's incredible that they they're sort of the answer mm-hmm. to all the questions that they've had and now the answer to a bigger question why do they have these powers and they're not just you know teenagers learning to cope with teenage things but they're teenagers learning to cope with the fact that he teleports, she has daggers shooting <laughs> right. out of her hands, you know? Right. So that part of it is not so much like your experience. No. Um, <laughs> Maybe not that uh, part. Yeah. No, I wish um, I could teleport. <laughs> what, can you tell me about, like, your high school experience? Sure. I mean, I went to a performing arts high school, so mm-hmm. uh, it, it was what I wanted to do just because I, I just wanted to train, but I really wish I had sports at my high school. Like, to this day, I really, like, that's the one thing I, I regret not doing uh, is definitely playing sports in high school but other than that it was it was cool like instead of you know sports we had the school play mm-hmm. you know so tryouts was who was getting the lead role you know what <laughs> yeah, i mean so yeah. so uh it was it was definitely a dope experience i will never forget it uh, i met a lot of friends that i still talk to to this day and just had some some really great teachers who you know really cared about me and saw something in me and you know i i i can attribute to them that that's why I'm here today. Was so. there was there one mentor that stuck out to you in your high school? Uh, definitely Greg Parenti and, and Casey McClellan, just because they were the, the two people in my school that no matter what 
kind of trouble I got into, they were like, no, this kid. What kind of trouble? <laughs> yeah. Tell I was us. a talker. I, I was a talker. Like, okay. for, for me, um, I don't know. With, with school, I just always was kind of bored because I was just like, I, like, I stu- like I studied all this already. Like I like you have so much drive though too. It's like yeah. So it was it was like, what are we doing here? Like like nobody's even in the discussion. Nobody's talking about anything. So I would just be talking with my friends. Like you know, obviously that was annoying as hell, and I was young and immature. But I got I got in a lot of trouble for for just literally talking. So uh, <laughs> it it <laughs> literally. But um, but nah um. They they really always looked after me, and I'll, I'll never forget that. Never yeah. forget that. And uh, Olivia, I know you um, you were in a in a different type of program. It was a unique experience for you, right? Yeah. For high school, yeah. Yeah, I was um, I was working with Disney Channel at the time. I was working on a show, and I was homeschooled pretty much. I did school on set, and that was a very interesting experience because I only had like three other classmates, and they were the people that I was working with. But um, it was a very unique situation. I loved school a lot. Um, it was very important for me to get a good education and to graduate. And um, it, the program that I was in allowed me to walk. Like once I graduated, I got to wear a cap and gown, throw my cap up in the... Beautiful. Yeah, it was interesting. It was, it was intense because it wasn't like I had peers or a locker or sports or after school activities anymore. I had school and then the set and then school and then the set and then I had to bank hours because we were working long hours on set and then I would yeah I mean it was it was really intense and then I would travel sometimes you know I would have I would have promos and press stuff in Europe or whatever and I would have to bring a teacher with me and we would do school like in the airport in yeah crazy in conference rooms like it was it was a whole new Hmm. situation that I was not prepared for and Mm. It's crazy, like that. I did all that and still graduated, but yeah. yeah. So how did you how did you cope with all that? Like, it seems like a very busy schedule it for was a young busy. kid. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot. Of, I mean, it was a lot of pressure. And like I said, I wanted I wanted to do good, and um, and I think honestly, I owe it to my teacher. I, she was with me all through my high school years, uh, Linda Stone. She's mega babe town, and just <laughs> mm-hmm. really stuck with me and on days where I just like could not focus or on days where I was like, no, I want to focus on my work. She would find a way to help me balance the two because it is, it's a lot of pressure and, um, and it's hard when you're doing it all by yourself. You know, you don't got study dates with friends. You got study dates with your teacher. (laughs) (laughs) When, When I look at the youth today and the, the generation that's in school today, Right. I'm kind of like shocked and super impressed at the amount of courage and drive and responsibility that a lot of these young young people have. I think about the March for Our Lives movement. I think about those kids really standing up for what they think is right. I don't think that's really something that I experienced in my own generation, to be honest. What do you think it is about your generation that makes it so badass and caring and mm-hmm inspirational all at the same time we're not afraid yeah we're not afraid to use our voices to stand our ground to state our opinions we are strong and resilient and bold and i think all of those qualities make us the individuals that we are and i'm so proud of our generation and even the generation to come i think there there's already been such a massive shift 
you know, within the past year, sometimes, I mean, things were just thrown under the rug and Mm -hmm. now it's actually being picked up off the ground and being shown to everybody, like right in front of their face. We're making it aware, we're making it a conversation. It's not hidden anymore. And that's why I think this generation is a game changer. And I know, I mean, both Aubrey and I have a lot of opinions Mm -hmm. on this. I I mean, it's, it's just, it's special. It's really special the time we're in. Like, and I, I really feel it's because we have access to so much more knowledge. You know, like before, it's. I think it's really about what you teach in in, in the schools too. You know, so I think we're teaching a lot more progressive, uh, you know, topics and and kids want to know. Like they they want to research it themselves too. So I, I think that's that just helps us a lot. And I think social media uh, is kind of like you can't do anything without someone recording it. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. literally, there's proof, you know what I mean? So it's like, there's certain things that you could get away with back then that you can absolutely not get away with now. I also know? think we want to come together as one. Of you course. know, there's, there's, a, there's like so much camaraderie and loyalty in this generation. And like you said, with, you know, the March for Our Lives movement and the Me Too movement, and I mean, there's just such a there's a everybody wants to come together to either celebrate something or shine a light on something or move something in a positive way and i think that just shows that just shows the kind of generation that's to come you know mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the coolest things about cloak and dagger the characters um is that when they were written by bill mantlo uh, i had read a story about how he had visited ellis island and he was inspired by thinking about the immigrants that were walking through those doors and how they must have felt a lot of fear and hope mm. coming to this new country, not really knowing what they were going to do. And that's that's really a place that's deep to pull story from, right? And I think the show does that in a very clever way, fitting it with today's issues but it still has that spirit of being inspired by this very deep issue. Right. As storytellers yourselves, do you think art needs to have an opinion? Does it need to add to the conversation in today's world? I mean, I think how, how else do we push the culture forward if we don't have the discussion? You know what I mean? If we don't talk about it, then we're stuck. And I, I think that's why we have been stuck for so long because we, like you said, just brush everything under the rug and say it is what it is, and we don't try to, to figure out the situation. So I feel like our show is just so great because it discusses it all, you know, and, and fearlessly. And, and I, I think spot on, spot on with it. So um, I will say that. Yeah, I think watching the first four episodes, I was actually really impressed by the directness you know the direct the visual directness of Mm -hmm. some of these uh these scenes and what they were commenting on was that hard to film for you guys we were a little emotionally and physically exhausted (laughs) towards the end of the season but for good reason you know i think one thing that i love is we don't we don't glamorize the situations we don't sugarcoat it we want it to be authentic and we want people to feel what Tandy and Tyrone are really experiencing and it's heartbreak and 
not just heartbreak, but the, the, I mean, these characters are so complicated and so is their relationship. And there's not just one note happening. You know, there's so many layers and so many dimensions to what's going on and what's going down. And I think, I think for both Aubrey and I, we felt, we felt really passionate about wanting to tell a, a story with so many little honest truths behind it. Yeah. And I think, you know, I hope that the audience feels that. And I think we captured that. All right, guys. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for uh, so nice talking to you. Sitting with me, real great time. Thanks, man. You too. Thanks so much to Aubrey, Olivia, and Harry for joining Marvel's Voices. And make sure you listen in for more guest voices in the future. Till then, make sure you share this episode and every episode with all of your friends. I'll see you next time.